This is the Magellan Journal, a podcast series here to help you navigate through EU opportunities. We remove the noise around current EU issues on different topics, such as transport and environment, each time through the perspective of a different expert. In this podcast, we talk to Ricardo Oliveira, who has 25 years experience in European law and competition. We talk to Ricardo about how the recovery and resilience plan can help the post-COVID-19 crisis and what is the role of entities like PLMJ and Magellan in facilitating such solutions. Hi, good morning, Ricardo, and thank you for joining us in this podcast. Could you, to begin with, please briefly present yourself, your background and your role in PLMJ? First of all, thank you very much for the, the invitation. It's a, a pleasure to participate in, in your podcast. Um, in terms of, of the firm, PLMJ is the, is the largest uh, firm in, in Portugal. We are over 300 uh, lawyers uh, as we speak. Uh, we've been in the market for over 50 years now, uh, and we are a full-service uh, law firm, which essentially means that uh, our services span across all the most relevant legal disciplines, and our clients come from a, a wide variety of, of sectors. So I, I would say that we have a very good grip on the Portuguese economy uh, overall. As far as I'm concerned, I've graduated from the Lisbon University Law School, and I also have an LLM in European Law from the College of Europe in Bruges. I joined the firm in 1996, and I've been uh, the head of its EU and competition practice since 2011. Our team uh, works across a range of EU and uh, competition matters, in particular in matters related to EU funds and state aid. Mm -hmm. And you yourself have been in the firm for, for quite some time. And so probably uh, you can tell us also how has PLMJ crossed paths and collaborated with Magellan in the last few years? Well, I think that we, we came across Magellan for the first time in, in 2016. At that time, we worked successfully with your firm in obtaining commission clearance for financial support uh, to the reestablishment of a ferry line between the island of Madeira and the Portuguese uh, mainland, a very challenging and very interesting. And then we worked again around 2018 in a case that uh, concerned uh, financial support to the fleet renewal of a maritime passenger transport uh, company. And my recollection is that both cases went uh, very smoothly. And I think that in particular, the combination of Magellan's deep knowledge of the inner workings of the commission and our own extensive experience with the legal issues that uh, those two cases raised allow us to, to deliver a very satisfactory result to uh, the companies that were our clients in, in those two cases. And when you mentioned these projects were specific to Portugal, they were national yes. projects. One of the greatest challenges for member states and Portugal as such will be the implementation of the recovery and resilience plan. In your opinion, do you think that the recovery and resilience plan can be essential to the recovery post-COVID and how? Uh, okay, I think that the first thing that we that we have to acknowledge is that, of course, there are going to be challenges uh, in the implementation of the, the RRP. It's going to require the Portuguese economy to absorb over 16 billion euros within a time frame of just five years. And note that this is in addition to the 23 billion euros 
that are already allocated to Portugal from the EU budget for cohesion policy. And of course, uh, I anticipate that uh, the implementation of uh, such vast amounts of financial investment are going to be a demanding uh, task, not only, of course, for the implementing authorities, but also for the Portuguese businesses and the, the beneficiaries in, in general. And the second challenge, which I think uh, is worth uh, mentioning, is that the, the country's access to new installments of the RRP financial assistance, and as you know, we've, we've just received the first one, is going to require a periodical assessment of the country's structural reforms and an evaluation of the success of the, the prior investments. And of course, it's going to be a, a challenge to effectively implement these intended structural reforms in such a, a short time in particular because uh, some of the, the problems that, uh, that we need to tackle are, are relatively uh, long-standing uh, problems. Uh, yet I would say that despite these uh, challenges, the, the reforms and the investments that are contained in the RRP offer great opportunity uh, for the Portuguese uh, economy. And not only from a short-term perspective of recovering from the economic difficulties brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic. And as you know, Portugal is, is one of the countries which has had uh, most severe recessions as the result of the pandemic, but also in better preparing the country for the longer term. I would say that, first of all, in, in, in this regard, the, the large amounts of financial assistance that will be disbursed within such short period of time are going to be uh, an important stimulus to help firms uh, towards a, a speedy recovery from the pandemic's shock. And we know that a number of firms, especially SMEs, have, have suffered a lot. Uh, and, and I would expect that, uh, that this would have a multiplying effect for uh, economic growth uh, with hopefully benefits uh, both for businesses and, and jobs. Um, second point I would like to make in relation to this is that the funding that is going to be made available is going to generate uh, opportunities uh, for growth to businesses of all sizes, basically. Uh, but the SMEs in particular uh, are going to benefit from improved access to funding by initiatives such as the new uh, Banco de Foment, which is a, a development bank which will play uh, an important role and, and the support to these types of companies is critical because as you know, uh, clearly these have been the, the ones most severely impacted by the, by the pandemic. And from a longer term perspective, the RRP uh, foresees, as I said before, investments and the reforms that I would expect will greatly improve uh, the business environment in the country and also the competitiveness of the, the Portuguese um, economy. And some of the reforms that are being mandated are, are really uh, critical. The country will be under the duty to address uh, the slow pace uh, of justice and of insolvency proceedings, which has been a problem for a long time. We will be required also to lower the regulatory and bureaucratic burden on firms, which is a, a historic complaint from the, the, the private sector. There is also a requirement for developing a, a more efficient public administration, which is also a problem that is acknowledged by basically uh, everyone. 
And last but not least, we will need to make a significant investment in skills, especially digital skills, to improve the productivity of the, um, the Portuguese workforce. And so uh, what I would say in relation to this is that the, the, the RRP uh, has the potential not only to bring a significant uh, economic growth, but in particular growth which is sustainable both socially and environmentally and, and therefore this uh, aligns with, uh, of course, what is the EU, uh, EU's broader objective, irrespective of, of the most immediate demands created by the, by the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And in relation to environment, and in particular to, to climate change, I would like to point out that the, the, the country is particularly at risk Uh, in terms of the effects of climate change due to, to the country's geographic positioning and, uh, and, and the, the climate patterns in the, in the country. And therefore, I would uh, expect that we will be particularly exposed to phenomena like desertification, extreme mm -hmm. weather events that lead to forest fires, rising sea levels, but also on the bright side that we are going to be uh, very well positioned for the generation of clean energy such as uh, hydrogen and therefore hopefully we may be able to, to be a meaningful contributor to the EU's fight against climate change. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned some challenges in this implementation. How do you think different entities such as PLMJ and Magellan can contribute to articulate solutions in the scope of RRP? Well, I think that organizations like ours can, can and will uh, add a lot of, uh, of value for a different set uh, of reasons. The first thing I would like to point out is that the, the RRP will have uh, an unfamiliar governance uh, structure. It's going to be uh, more flexible than uh, previous EU funds, and it's going to be managed in a more uh, centralized uh, manner. As you know, the classic EU funds have been organized into operational programs with different management uh, authorities, whereas in this case, there's going to be only one management authority for the RRP, which is, which is going to be an entity called Recuperar Portugal. And therefore, this is a, a novelty with which uh, businesses uh, interested in accessing this funding are going to be uh, uh, confronted. The second point that is relevant here is that the RRP and the EU cohesion policy funding, as you can imagine, are intended to be uh, com complementary and they do share many of their uh, overall objectives, such as the promotion of a, of a greener economy. And this means, of course, that uh, synergies between the RRP and the more classic EU funds, like, uh, say, the European Regional Development Fund, are not only possible, but desirable. And so there is going to be a need to, to give businesses some, some steering on, on this because for you know, finding the right uh, funding uh, energies and the right uh, technical and legal uh, support, companies will, will require the, the right uh, partners. And I think that both Magellan and PLMJ have the experience and the resources to, uh, to provide very uh, solid support in this, in this regard, I think that we have uh, deep experience and expertise uh, in a number 
of topics which are going to be uh, critical here and which are going to be necessary for companies requesting uh, support. You know, and this uh, spans across a range of topics like, you know, preparing applications for funding, drafting legal documents, and also, you know, analyzing and offering uh, pragmatic solutions to the, to the legal issues that are posed by, by each uh, situation. And in the ca- in particular case of, of PLMJ, the, this plays uh, well into uh, some of our strengths because we have particularly well-developed core competencies in, in matters that I think are going to be uh, critical in this uh, regard, uh, in particular public procurement, energy state aid, and the digital sector. Mm-hmm. And regarding competition law issues in specific state aid matters, to what extent do you anticipate that the measures now in place can bring about difficulties or new challenges? Well, the first thing that is is certain is that the availability of large amounts of funding is going to predictably raise questions about the boundaries between uh, state aid that is incompatible with the internal market and uh, financial assistance that is encouraged by the by the EU and so companies will need to be uh, to be well advised around around these 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 boundaries and of course uh, since all the investments uh, will will need to comply with the state aid rules in order to be fundable under the RRP it's going to be critical that businesses receive legal support to ensure the long-term uh, success of the assistance that they they received. The Commission has published fairly detailed guidelines on how uh, the state aid rules may be applied in the different sectors that are relevant to the RRP, such as energy and digital skills. And this, of course, is going to require specialized experience in dealing with the matters concerned. And now for our final question, which is for you the most adequate attitude vis-a-vis this remarkable opportunity for Portugal? Bearing that in mind, also, how do you see PLMJ's message and role in this crucial time? Well, I would say that the most adequate attitude is a mix of uh, ambition and uh, responsibility towards the great challenges and opportunities ahead. Ambition because the end of the pandemic and uh, the RRP funding are going to bring unique opportunities for businesses to grow. And responsibility because not only the RRP, but also the new programming period for cohesion policy are going to provide opportunities which I think uh, are likely not going to come along very often and we should be able to take uh, full advantage of them in order to upgrade the Portuguese economy as, as needed. And this is a responsibility that I think that, that we all uh, bear. This is not just the responsibility of elected politicians and uh, administrators, but also of businesses and indeed of consultancy partners and legal ex- experts like uh, Magellan and PLMJ. And uh, at PLMJ, we've, we've had uh, historically a strong institutional culture of social and uh, environmental uh, responsibility. This is just something that is part uh, of our identity. uh, And therefore, we are looking forward in this context to provide our clients not only with the best uh, legal uh, support available, but also to play an active part in the sustainable recovery and growth ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for this discussion and interesting conversation. And I wish you all the best in, in your future projects, as well as to collaborate again with Magellan in the near future. Thank you again, Ricardo, for taking your time to talk to us. And uh, I wish you a nice day. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. 
you like this podcast and want to know more about Magellan, check out our website at www.magellan-association.org.